0: Blog
1: Talk Radio. Hi, welcome to Blog Talk Radio. This is Massive Attack, and we are here tonight to talk about making A safer for all members. And I would like you to all call in if anyone um, would like to call in. I'm going to give you the number first, which is 818. 818- 475-9211. That's 818 475 9211. And I thought uh, some of this, this is our first show tonight, uh, sort of a spin off of the Stinkin' Thinkin' Community Outreach Project uh, with Gunther was the first. We have about seven or eight shows. Um, this particular segment, I thought maybe we could talk about the 12 steps. And the 12 traditions, and they are they especially the traditions even viable in today's world? So maybe a discussion surrounding the controversy the controversy that um, you know many individuals feel that uh, you don't need to be powerless to get sober or to stop an addiction, and that perhaps the tools that were created in 1936 uh, really could use to be updated. There's a lot of us that feel this way. So um, I can see that we have one caller waiting. I want to read first, this is sort of the um, statement. We a group of members of Alcoholics Anonymous, or you could say N.A., um, feel that no member should be ever sexually harassed or financially pressured in any way, that it is up to us in the rooms and in our groups to protect the minor, the new person, young and old. From any unsafe predatory behavior it is up to us to make the group a safe place and then it's time to raise awareness regarding behaviors that are adversely affecting the atmosphere of recovery in our meetings one we are not a dating service or walking ATMs they seem to like that one Uh, sponsors and old-timers should not abuse their position of power and authority we are trusted servants Tell the secretary of a group or your friends, sober friends, or any friend if you are being harassed or if you feel uncomfortable. And remember, if a crime is committed, call the police. On the back, this is a pamphlet that's available at MakeAAsafer at gmail.com. Or you could go to my blog, which is Stop 13 Step in AA. And um, uh, let's see, we all deserve respect and the right to get sober in a healthy, empowered environment. So, you know, what a lot of the stuff that I'm reading off of this pamphlet that was written by a group of members, you can hear my cat in the background here, um, is stuff that is nowhere in the literature. And um, so, um, wow, I've got a dog here that's barking. I'm going to bring Todd on. So to Let's see, Todd. Hey, Todd, are you there? Let's see if I can get him on here. Todd, are you there? Hello? Todd, are you there?
2: I'm here now, yes.
1: Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, I was clicking on that button and it wasn't releasing it because my my dog and cat here think they're going to join the radio show. (laughs) Anyway, um, so I thought we could start with, can we start with Chapter 5?
2: It sounds good to me. (laughs) Right. That's
1: the one. So this is one that I can hardly even sit through anymore. Okay, I have to get up. It, you know, I still I know you don't go to meetings anymore, but I do, but I can't even sit through and listen to this anymore and there was a time where it doesn't matter if I once liked it. Um where I got sober, they did not read this before every meeting. So, it was refreshing all they did was read the 12 steps and then you got into people talking. But rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. So maybe we could say <laughs> you know we see people rarely fail Really
2: have we seen a per- go ahead
1: No, no go ahead what were you going to say
2: Really have we seen a person thoroughly follow our path <laughs> That would be more truthful
1: Right or you know rarely um, very often or some sometimes we see people fail it's it just it's it's ridiculous for a statement it's not a true statement that we rarely see um, anyone fail when they have thoroughly followed the path. Um, and the next line is even worse. You know, I, I was saying to somebody I'm very close to that, why is it that people with 15, 20, 25 years of sobriety have so, still such low self-esteem? So this next one, and a lot of what this is read every every time. They have it. There's a meeting in Southern California. Mm-hmm. Um and those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program. And then it goes on to say there are men and women who are constitutionally incapable. What does that mean? They're constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. Is that you know, they're what's that word for someone who's a liar, they can't stop, you know, a psychopath or a sociopath?
2: Right, right. It's somebody who's so sick and such a liar that it's it's part of their core principles.
1: Right. Um, well, they're such unfortunates, unfortunate. Oh, but it's not their fault. They're born that way. Oh, you're born a liar. Wow. <laughs> they're not. I've never seen. You know, as I've started to go on to stink and thinking. Which, if anyone's out there listening, I don't see anybody out there. I think we have somebody else in the chat room. But it doesn't matter. What matters is, is that we we're speaking out here that um, they are not at fault. They were born that way. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. What do you think about that, Todd, that they're saying it's I not think, your fault? Mm-hmm.
2: I think it's a uh, a crafty piece of language there um, that's designed to sound like it means certain things. And it's really designed to manipulate people. First off, when they say "rarely have we seen anyone fail who has thoroughly followed our path," if you're not paying close attention, that that almost sounds like "rarely have we seen anybody fail." Um,
1: mm-hmm. Period.
2: You know, it's it's right, right, it's right. Like, like a, it's
1: per- an upfront right, all guarantee
2: the time. that this will work for you,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and
2: then comes the disclaimer. You know, the mm-hmm. disclaimer that. If it didn't work for you, then it's it's because you're a liar, mm-hmm, or you mm-hmm. suffer from a grave emotional. Did you get to that part yet?
1: Yes, you yes, and, and you know I, I have to tell you that uh, you know, you know this, and uh, but maybe some of our listeners don't. That I got here at eighteen, really young age, and when it said here, you know, that we suffer from grave emotional mental disorders, you know, I was just terrified when I saw that and thought, oh my, you know. Am I one of those? Mm-hmm. And that we would, you know, in that other part where it says, you know, we'll have like men who have lost their legs, they never grow new ones. You know, it took me a couple of years to meet it. Like, like the whole thing that I was sold, I felt like, you know, there's a lot of talk about right now on Stinkin' Thinkin' and some of the blogs about. You know that they were selling like the the books of Think and Grow Rich in the '30s. You know, coming out of the Depression, that they were trying to sell you something. They were trying to sell books, and in fact, he was. And um, that you know that I was. People were trying to convince me, eventually, that I was to beat you down. You know, it it was actually there were some influences of the Est, Esalen Institute that was in from Southern California that I do think was influential. In the seventies of beating down somebody's ego and then you could like start fresh, you know, oh we mm-hmm. can create you and mold you to the way that we want to do this was going on in the nineteen seventies right
2: uh i I think that um was
1: that think your experience that, have you different? ever been
2: to any of those have you ever been to any of those? seminars, you know, for like the workplace where they, they really try to talk you up into uh, the motivational seminars. They're a big thing a few years back. They were a huge mm-hmm. thing. Customer yes. excellence and all of this type stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I
2: think that the, the the way that a, the old AA literature is set up, it, it almost seems like a the precursor to that, a, a type of um, I don't know. There was a lot of Norman Vincent Peale out yes, there. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. you know, um, what did he write? How how to win friends and influence people was yes, it or was yes, it the power uh-huh. of positive thinking?
1: Yeah, that what well, one of those. But there, people it's, talk it's a lot all about in
2: that those. style. It's it's really got this whole um it's almost designed to sound like like a motivational Mm-hmm. A motivational seminar of some type, but then they put the AA gobbledygook in there about about how <laughs> powerless you are and and useless, and they they do try to break you down first.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I really think so. Uh, I think that if I read it now, I had I made marked this other page too where it talked about um, that. Uh, Let's see, it should be pointed out that... Oh, here it is. This is a, this is to the employers, but I thought it was a weird paragraph where if a man accepted the offer, it said, um, the physical treatment is but a small part of the picture. Though you are providing him with the best possible medical attention, he should understand that he must undergo a change of heart. To get over drinking will require a transformation of thought and attitude. And, you know, I have to say that... Uh, You know, what I see in meetings now is actually the real opposite of that. Um, First of all, there is no physical treatment uh, in Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, it is, I think, the biggest problem I have now is somebody at drug courts sending – I've actually seen this in um, an email somebody sent me about drug courts, that they (laughs) sentenced the criminal to sessions. I don't know where Alcoholics Anonymous ever became like a professional session. First of all, mm-hmm. where, you know, it's just the blind leading the blind, somebody who's managed to stay sober and uh, the people with more time are going to, you know, just they think they can tell everybody else what to do because, what, they're sober 20 years. They're going to tell you who to marry and what you should be doing about this important decision and maybe you should be investing your money in uh, with me or whatever.
2: Some of them, it doesn't even take that long. You can become an AA guru in three or four months if you uh, apply yourself to learning the lingo, and and then you can become the manipulator. Right,
1: right. Well, one of the things I really wanted to dive into were more than the steps, because I'm really a little more pissed off at the traditions and the complete falsehood of what they are. So let's start with one. Our common welfare should come first. And the second part, of course, is personal recovery, depends upon the unity. But with all of this stuff, the the reason that I started Stop 13 Step in AA was because of young people coming to my meeting talking about rampant 13-stepping with sexual harassment going on and even financial harassing in men's meetings in Hollywood. And when I tried to bring this up, everybody was like, it was almost like, what is she talking about? Like I was talking about her common welfare, your common welfare comes first. It's like the first tradition, and so it's like kind of why is this tradition here if you don't care about a newcomer being sexually harassed upon, right?
2: Right, right. It's it's um, it's like you could compare it to a family that um, back in the old days, you know, a family where the father abuses the kids. And the mother knows about it, but everybody right. in the family keeps it a big secret from everybody else.
0: Mm-hmm. That's
2: more what that tradition, that first tradition means in actuality than than your welfare is important to us.
1: Mm. It, it, mm-hmm.
2: Your welfare is not important is what it means. It means the group's overall welfare is more important than yours, so you should sacrifice and um and keep things hush-hush.
1: Exactly, exactly. So I just want to say, I'm going to give the number out again. It's 818-475-9211. Anyone, please call in if you'd like to jump in this conversation. I have a few other lines open. 818-475-9211, Blog Talk Radio, Uh, Stop 13 Step in AA. Uh, Go on to the second is, to tradition two, is for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself (laughs) in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. Oh boy. So this is really seen for me at the service structure level as a complete joke. Um, If the group purpose, there is one ultimate authority, a loving God. You talk about the most creepy, crabby, um, not friendly. Group of people on a Sunday morning at the West Side meeting for their West Side District meeting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like no part of it, and that if they won't even let us talk or wouldn't let us speak, even with the proper Robert Rules of Order to you know ha- speak on this um, topic, where uh, it never happened. There was screaming and yelling and telling people to sit down and people crying and this is like grown adults. In Los Angeles, so our leaders are but trusted servants, they do not govern. Well, I saw them governing. I saw them making clear decisions to not help the group discuss it at all.
2: And this is in one of the most progressive parts of the country. Imagine what it's like, you know, well, I'm not going to particularly, Pick any particular place in the country because I don't want to offend anybody, but there are other places in the country w- that are much more conservative, and uh, and that's where you would I would expect that type of behavior.
1: And you know what?
2: Out there what I found
1: out is that isn't true. That I met people at um, at a big regional where they were having big discussions, whether it was in Idaho or in Utah or even just traveling 40 minutes east of me, that they had their own workshop and like a whole district got together to discuss it, and it wasn't a big deal. So that there had been, yeah, I was kind of shocked. I really thought uh, when I found the resistance here was so huge, and then I went to two different Pacific regional um, assemblies that I found out that they were having groups of 100 people get together and discuss it. But not well, here you guys in LA, out there so.
2: have some pretty fanatical AA, don't you? you got the Clancy clones
1: right? The Clancy, and all of that going on groups. out there. Right, right. So, and those people, of course, who at that Westside meeting with their with their creepy, you know, scroungy, scrounged-up faces, you know, going like, you know. Anyway, so let's go on to the only requirement for AA membership is a desire to stop drinking. You want to take this one in the courts or...? <laughs>
2: Well, that's bullshit mm-hmm. <laughs> it's that's the it. only requirement for membership for AA is that you say you're a member and uh not even that the courts can say you're a member they can they can force you into AA with mm-hmm. no desire whatsoever to stop drinking and AA supports this by signing the court slips
0: mm-hmm. so they
2: and uh and also there's been uh publications by AA about cooperating with this type of you can find them at the aa.org website about cooperating with courts and and um so signing slips is encouraged by the GSO itself so um requirement being uh desire to stop drinking is another lie these are all lies
1: right 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 um, the next one is each group should should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or A as a whole. And, uh, you know, I, I really thought then when criminal activity sort of reared its head, which was pretty quickly, or as we started to work on it, you know, it was like two months, and people were talking about rape to me, like not 13-stepping, like, wow, there was that, but it was like rape. I was like, okay, wow, what have we got here? So, um, as it got deeper, you know, it says each group manages its affairs as it pleases, except when A as a whole is threatened. And, uh, you know, I know that they were written really, really long time ago. it was 1950s, and uh, it's just ludicrous to me to think that, I don't know, I don't know. It, you know, it just is really pathetic it's what it's really pathetic what's pathetic i find is sitting in a meeting and the way that 40 smart intelligent they're lawyers they're this they work on film projects are sitting there just you know glazing over listening nodding their head like like this is a fact and it's not a fact we'll go on to the next one which each group each group has but one primary purpose oh
2: don't go on yet um
1: oh okay why what do you want to say
2: uh, I, I wanted to say call me a conspiracy theorist but it mm-hmm. seems like all of these traditions are are designed to protect this organization, especially this one. This is AA's way of saying we're not responsible for our own groups, mm-hmm. and um, and mm-hmm. I believe that the traditions were designed for this type of thing, so so that AA could always deny responsibility for what goes on within AA. Um, this didn't happen by accident. Mm-hmm. Everything is, is carefully crafted for a purpose, and the purpose is that the cult survives and is able to deny responsibility for its members and responsibility for the things that the cult does. It seems like almost everything within AA has two meanings. The meaning that the the idea that when first exposed to to it, it seems like one thing, but then later on, as they say, more will be revealed, and more is revealed.
1: Right, right. Yeah, I think that is true. That um, I think, though, that um, with along with the conspiracy theory, um, no one, uh, a lot of here people talk about this, but no one has sued for the stuff that we've been talking about. There might have been really small suits, um, like the one I knew about, In another twelve-step group for slip and falls, which happened over and over again to the 270 grand, but no one has done it. So people think, well, this is what would keep something from having a suit go through, which would be. You're right about this tradition, but it's a tradition. It's not the law. Like we actually have laws in the United States, and uh, this is. But it it is. um, It is a strange. Strange Program Because it's not even A fellowship anymore I'm not going to call it that You know And they didn't read that Alcoholics Anonymous Is a fellowship Of men and women We share our experience trees. It's like No it's It is It's a fellowship Really I don't see that
2: um, Well what do you think it is
1: It's a cult I think it's a cult now I think it's a It's a program It's a It's a Culture You even said this before, you know, it's a type of philosophy, it's a culture. To some people it's their religion. I was like, a religion? This is your religion? Let me run. Let me get up from this table, from this coffee shop, and run out the door right now if you think this is your religion. This is not a religion, and in fact, a lot of people in the meeting, they they make up this shit like it's a religion. Like, you know, the way they believe in God, and I'm like, oh my God, that's from a book from the 70s. That's not AA, even. You know, that all that pop culture psychology, that those books that were written, you know, by Dead S. Lair, you know, I ain't well, but I sure am better, baby. And um, if I can't say no, my guesses don't mean anything. And all that Jonathan Livingston Siegel, all those books, you know, maybe those people are all sober in AA. I don't know.
2: Right, right. The inner child thing, that became. Uh, I think AA kind of likes to adopt whatever's uh, fashionable at the time, and then kind of claim it's just, it belongs to AA. Um, that's well, I
1: heard that right he was. I don't know, but I heard that he was, and he left that author, really? and that he and that he hated AA. Yes, but he he was before his you know most of our, our time here. But um, you ready to go on to number five?
0: Let's so we do, do that. it.
1: Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the alcoholic who still suffers. Isn't that just like another previous one? (laughs) (laughs)
2: They're all starting to sound the same, aren't they?
1: Yeah, they really are. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Each group has but one primary purpose. Okay. Well, you know what? Did you see The Matrix? Yes. The movie? Okay. Okay. So you know how they, like, get plugged in, they sit in that chair, and they, like, plug in the back of their room?
2: Right, into an alternate reality.
1: Right, one of the last few meetings that was kind of large that I led or spoke at, I guess it's a speaker, and then they asked you questions. I looked around the room, and I noticed this kind of a lunch meeting where you have 25 people are all sent by the court, you know. They look terrified. I mean, they look completely freaked out that they're in this group full of, like, slime bags and a sprinkling of nice, normal garden variety, sober alcoholics, right, in the group. And, um, you know, that these people, uh, they really, those people don't belong there, you know. But there's, like, this sense of they shuffle in, and they sit in their chair, and it's like they're just, they're plugging in, like, I'm coming here to get my fix, uh, and I leave. You know, there's not this sense of real community uh, that I once saw, you know, years ago. It's a strange kind of, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get fixed. I'm going to get fixed. Like how?
2: Right. Well, how is sit down, shut up, and listen. Have you ever heard that one? That's
1: a mm-hmm. slogan,
2: um, that that I don't hear talked about a lot. Sit down, no. shut up, and listen.
1: I think they, I think they stopped saying that with yours and my generation because we told them that they couldn't talk to us like that. At least, you know, I know people like myself and other people said, "Excuse me, but what did you just say to me?" <laughs> Tradition six, right? right? And a- this is number yeah. six. An AA group ought never endorse finance. Oh, this one. This one is so such a lie. This is the biggest. This is the billion-dollar lie in the industry of addiction recovery. An AA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the AA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. These problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. So it's maybe not the group, like the little group down the down the way, or the little group you know down the street from you. But AA has definitely lent its name, right? If we were to Google twelve-step rehab-related places,
2: that oh Jesus, want... AA smeared all over everything. It's that's that's such a bullshit lie. You know, it's I'm I'm gonna go right back to my first rehab here, um, AdCare Worcester, the premier rehab in the Northeast. It, it was all about AA. Maybe they didn't name themselves the AA Rehab, but what mm-hmm. they were doing in there was AA.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know? Go on. You were on a roll when you were oh, that was, audio. Some,
1: well, I, also, the other one was that I just was looking in the chat room uh, to see there were a few more other people in there. I want to say hi to Friend the Girl, and there's Politics Man. Hi there. Um, and J.R. Harris is there. Please call in if you want to. Uh, the number is to call in uh, the new radio host me massive attack who still has figured this all out is 818-475-9211 so here was something that was fabulous that was on the Stinkin' Thinkin' site which was the never-ending thread i think it's right under it is follow the money so they had put because I have been talking about this money thing for a while, and finally, and people would still, some people would think it's like there's there's no money there, and I'm like, guys, I have the financial report from last year and the year before, and it's disgusting. It's twelve million dollars a year, six million gets paid to, you know, to these guys' jobs and to retirees. So then they everyone starts to dig. And so on that other thread um, came the tax returns, which I read 36 pages of them. But the size of the industry, and then they went to show like uh, who was it? It was Hazleton. Oh my God! Like it's like 180. So 180 million dollars they have in a reserve. Like AA has like 12 million. I mean. People, I swear to God, you were there. You called in when we were on Big John Radio. Remember that one? Uh Uh-huh, yeah. And the guy who was talking to Big John, not the gentleman who owned the, the club, but the other guy he goes, oh, oh, no, there's not a big main office. There's a little, there's a central. I was like, have you been? I've been there. You know, it's in this big interfaith, you know, interfaith building on Riverside Drive. And uh, with all of these other religions that are in there, but the point being that there's twelve million dollars in bonds, and that six million dollars is being paid to twelve people plus the retirees, plus you know Bill's family and lois's you know, and never mind what stepping stones makes on mugs and t shirts and hats and <laughs> so when i when I sit in a meeting now. Uh, which is getting very hard to do, and I've heard this one. I, it just makes me sick um, that people think that. And then someone else sent me an email about there's going to be a drug court. Um, a drug court, uh, like a a training session. There's going to be one here in Anaheim and one in D.C. And the judges are going to be there and all the parole officers are going to be there and all the lawyers will be there that deal with this and all the rehab people. Why would they want an answer, Todd? Why would they want us to come up with something like either Smart Recovery or a way like Amy Lee Coy found, which was she did it on her own or like you did? you want to tell us a little bit of what you did?
2: Oh yeah, yeah I guess I right? could. Um, I I failed for years at the AA model because the AA model doesn't work. It's it's bullshit. Um they never gave me the skills or that I needed to mm-hmm. deal with my problems mm. and my life got worse and worse. <clears throat> so I loosely put together what I would call a personal recovery plan, which was basically um well first i took a drug called naltrexone that really helped me to uh beat down the cravings
0: mm-hmm. and
2: then i read i read books um, and tried to understand things about um, cognitive behavioral therapy and stuff like that in order to deal with emotional management i i got involved a little bit with smart recovery and a little bit with life ring and and whatever mm-hmm. i could find and i took bits and pieces that from whatever I could find. Um, one thing that was really helpful for me was something they call the Wheel of Life, but I kind of changed the way they use it. I, the Wheel of Life is just categories of your life, basically like um, family and friends, finances. It gave me an easy platform to work with. And what I did Where was is that like, from
1: is that from Smart or is that from my
2: Um It's it's from neither. You can actually life coaches use it.
1: Oh, If you okay. look up
2: a life coach, you'll usually find the wheel of life in there, not the Buddhist wheel of life, just the wheel of life.
0: Yeah. And
2: so what I did was I went by category, and I, I I focused on problem solving, in and the wheel of life gave me a good platform to work from because my head was kind of jumbled, and I, I just looked at my life as a big mess. I didn't even know where to start. So when I was able to break it down into categories and say, okay, finances, what are the problems in finances? What resources right. can I find to help me with these right. problems? And and um, and then set small goals and larger goals. And you know, I'm still working on some of this stuff to this day. But um, some of the I started with the most major, most glaring issues that I had to deal with, and um,
1: yeah, you know, one of Jesus, them is uh, I want to jump in. Two of them that I think are huge that I see in the program. One is anger, right? Uh-huh. One is money. Another one is relationships, okay? And I've done a, like, boatload of work because I had huge rage. I was smacked around and beaten, grown up in a, you know, father who drank and um, and the money, you know, we got evicted from our home and... Um, they filed bankruptcy when I was a teenager and in relationships, you know, they got divorced and my mother was hitting my father over the head with a wine bottle and the 34th Precinct, you know, they knew who my family was. It was not a picture of learning how to communicate, how to be adult, how to take care of your money, right? And how to say, oh my God, you're hurting my feelings, I need to take a little break right now. (laughs) It was more like, F U, F U, blah blah blah, right? And so when I once I sobered up, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I love. I wrote it down in the in the chat room. The wheel of life. There's so many great tools, and I want to share two of them. One is the Feng Shui of Abundance by Susan Hilton and Creating Money. And there were these two books that I came about, and I began to study them like a Bible, I guess. You know, I really, really was just starving for new knowledge and was so sick of the big book about Alcoholics anonymous and the 12 and 12 and I found myself in a BDA meeting which was business owners of debtors anonymous and they started to talk about this other literature and I was like you got to be kidding me like I don't want to hear anymore about those 12 steps and powerless and sitting here calling myself a debtor or a this or that like that has nothing to do with what I need to learn and I went on a huge journey of learning lots of other things, and one of them is that calling myself a debtor or even, I guess, at the end of the day, an alcoholic, does that really matter? I don't think so. What do you think about that? Right. What do you think about that? Do you think people need to? I know we're, a lot of us have changed our ideas and do not think that powerless-based philosophy is necessary any longer and um or even calling yourself an alcoholic a lot of i see a lot of it going to alcohol dependency you know everything is not an addiction i'm sorry it's not everything is not an addiction what do you think about that
2: well i think that labeling yourself is is a bad idea um and i still find myself calling myself an alcoholic from time to time because um because i did it for so many years um you know, it's hard to get rid of that mindset, um, mm-hmm. and I'm still working on it, but I, I think it's a bad thing to introduce somebody to when they first walk in the door, that they need to label themselves as permanently, um, That they, they pigeonhole themselves as this this personality profile um, that AA hands you. And I think it's a terrible idea. Can I take a second and get back to what you were talking about as far as, anger management, and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, Um, the will of life, because that all goes into that. I really, really like that. I'm going to Google that when we're done. So, yeah, go ahead. Let's talk about anger. Mm -hmm.
2: Well, you were talking about they didn't teach you how to deal with anger. You know, they didn't Mm -hmm. teach me how to deal with anything, really. Right. Um, but but are supposed to pray on it,
1: Gunther. Yeah, we were supposed to all pray on everything and give it to God. We're going to get on our knees. Okay. That's where I'm going
2: with this. It, you know, okay. everything, every time you had an emotion that bothered you, the yes. A-H answer is to label it as something that is, is um, evil, basically, mm-hmm. and put it in the God box. Put it in the God box. <laughs> and somehow it will magically dissipate and you will no longer, it, I don't understand the process, first of all. What's your part in okay. it, Gunther?
1: Right? What's your part in it? Like, well, is your ego right, out of whack? Let me just keep you really small, so you have like 17 years of sobriety, and you still feel really, really small, right?
2: And right, going, right. where is
1: my life? I'm sober all these years. like right? That's ridiculous.
2: And you, you have this. Un, let's say you have an underlying issue. Uh, my father, my my mother's boyfriend raped me when I was a kid,
1: right? Oh my god.
2: So, so let's say you have that issue and it's it's way in there in these core beliefs and stuff, and it's something that really needs to be worked through in in a certain kind of way and And you're reacting to this thing that happened years ago without even knowing it in your daily relationships right and and what answer do they give you they give, what part did you play in it when you were three years old, and some guy stuck well, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, Uh, it's very very damaging. So when I see, that's why I do believe the guy who did the inner child work—I forget his name right um, now—became very popular. Oprah had him on his show and her show, and uh, I thought he was fabulous at the time because I was doing serious uh, childhood work because I was dealing with what happened to me as a kid, and I was crying, and I was fifteen years sober, and I had a child, and I was really really going through the ringer remembering what happened to me. And I was sad. I was really sad. And no one ever said, you know, it's really okay to be sad. It was like, you know, what was your part in it? Write your inventory. And, you know, and I said, uh, you know what? I don't know. And I was, thank God, smart enough that I went to a really good therapist where I began to do rage work. Oh, my God. I wish this, you know, she was such a fabulous woman. She still is. Wendy McCord. And, you know, was one of those. Uh, plastic T-ball bats that has a flat side to it, and you just let that rip, you know. And and I really changed doing that work, and I began to see that, you know, people in meetings would laugh about, oh, yeah, I was so angry, I did this, and I did this, and I, and I was like, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be, this is not funny. Or they talk about stealing toilet paper when they went to, like, a hotel. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, a rigorous honesty. I was like, and how long are you sober? Like, what, what is what is this? <laughs> I mean <laughs> there's, there's, a, just,
2: lot there's
1: yeah, a lot of talk there's a lot of talk that comes from the mouth podium. right howry like used to it's, say, it diarrhea well, of the mouth and a lot no, of I, there's a lot
2: there's a lot of talk that comes from the podium that is just bullshit. You mm-hmm. know, and and if you go to a commitment, the stuff you hear in the car on the way to and from the commitment is in total contrast to the bullshit that they They put out there when they get up at that podium,
1: mhm
2: mhm did yeah, I cut yeah. myself off?
1: No, no, I did. I was just trying to um you know uh navigate on my screen here and chat for a second, but yes, no, it is very, very true. uh, we only have about five more minutes. um, well, there's another call on the line. Let's see who we have here let me let me I'm so sorry, this is really. Uh, caller, we have you on the line. Would you like to chime in here? Am I on? Yes, Hello? you're on. What is your name?
0: Hi, this is Deacon.
1: Hi, Deacon. How you doing?
2: Hi, Deacon.
0: Hey, hi, hi, how you doing, Gunther? Nice to talk to you both. Uh, I haven't heard you for a while. been haven't been around. Um, i just like to add something that uh, Gunther said, you know, when when we're talking about these 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 people that are you know I mean with severe issues you know mm-hmm. dramatic terrible issues these are really the worst people in the world to be counseling. I mean right. it should be trained professionals, right. other than amateur hour throwing Bibles at it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think this really. I would want a me counseling me. Well, it really it, it's it's a it's it's a very unsafe situation. I mean, there's really bad things that happen because of this, and it just it blows my mind that, that the the psychological, academic, scientific, medical community can give any type of credibility to this madness. It's it's mm-hmm. just unthinkable.
1: Deacon, what and part of the country are you in?
0: Uh, I'm in I'm in Montana. Oh, okay. Wow, I, I love
1: uh different times you've called in and the things that you've said and I believe you called in on the Big John radio show, didn't you?
0: That was fun, really, you
1: know, Yeah, I mean, it was it was really great. I think that's why I
0: I think we caught him off guard on that one. Uh
1: but I agree with you. I think that we all realize now though and in in seeing see it's some um, Quinta who is sending me, sending me the stuff from Florida because she's working with the drug courts to try to get them to see these other places like Smart Recovery. And when she sent me, you know, the one for here that's going to be in Anaheim, which I'm going to go to with my flyers, you know, you have like these movie stars who and I look at them and I go, oh, okay, so he's sober in AA. And then there's a singer like Ruben Stubbard, you know, started, he, he sang. And it's this huge, like, gala event About And they're sending 90% 90%, or is it bad? Is it like 95% people going to 12-step related recovery programs where they're in and out and in and out? We we really have to, I don't know what we really have to do. I guess I feel like I have to really do something to change this because it's it's so long. It's really, really wrong to send people to a faith-healing cult sort of, I don't even know what to call it anymore. It's not a fellowship, and it's not a program. How can you send people who have anger management problems to fucking Alcoholics Anonymous where they tell them, you're not allowed to be angry. That's for the normal man. You know, we're a different type, you know, and we don't get to do that. And... It's just insanity. Oh,
2: uh, how much time do minute. we
1: have left? One minute left. One minute um, left. Con, you want to say something else? You came in late.
2: Oh, I was just thinking we should, uh, in case anybody's listening, we should explain to them why we're doing this show.
1: Right. And, hey, the reason uh, we're doing this show is to raise awareness and to stop, uh, from my end of view, rampant 13-stepping sexual harassment criminal activity, rape and murder, uh, that's going on inside the uh, fellowship and the culture of Alcoholics Anonymous. And go on to stinkingthinking.com, go to Stop 13 Step, and we're going to have a show here on Talk Radio every week. Thank you so much. So we have uh, 55. I I think the show is over. Good night, folks.
2: Thanks for having me on.